Chapter Twenty Nine of the Leopard's Claw by George Washington Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Rescue. Elaine was standing across the street with a parcel under her arm, watching the house when the couple came out. She crossed in the middle of the block hurriedly and arrived just in time to catch a glimpse of Lucretia through the glass of the cab. She could not recognize the beautiful young lady as the hysterical girl of the previous day, but some instinct and the large pathetic eyes which she saw in that fleeting glimpse convinced her that Lucretia was being removed by the landlady, whom she easily recognized from Lucretia's description. The gentleman was just about to enter a seven-passenger car near the curb where she stood. She recognized him as a compatriot, and addressing him in English in her American vernacular, she begged to be taken in his machine and have the taxi kept in sight. Mr. Wilson did not hesitate to grant the rather strange request. "'Oh, thank you so much for your confidence. This is a matter more serious than death,' she exclaimed almost excitedly after the car started in pursuit of the taxi. "'Just keep them in sight and don't let them imagine we are following,' she added." Then she explained the errand to her companion, of whose identity she was still unaware. Did you say her hair was badly cut and she came over in an airship dressed in boys' clothes? he asked. Yes, yes, you must know her. Oh, I might have known at first that you are Mr. Wilson, had I not been so excited, Elaine replied, very much relieved at her discovery. Yes, you are correct as to my identity. Do you know I have not a moment's rest since I lost sight of that child in Boulogne? I forgot the name she gave me, and I have been searching Boulogne and Paris ever since, trying to find her. I am so glad that she found such a providential friend as you. Now we both will be her guardians, Mr. Wilson said, as he gave his companion an admiring and grateful look. They drove into the aristocratic Farberg on the road of Rambleau, when the taxi stopped before a large brick chateau in the center of beautiful grounds, of trees and flowers. The pair were within the chateau before the automobile was near enough to be sure of the identity and interfere. I shall follow them into the chateau. Do you know the name of the owner? Mr. Wilson inquired of his companion. This is the Chateau Luxembourg and belongs to Le Comte de Tone, she replied. I have heard of him. He is very rich and unscrupulous, Mr. Wilson answered, as he left the machine for the chateau. He returned shortly in a temper. That slick scoundrel of a footman refused to admit me, saying that the Comte is abroad and no visitors are received at the chateau. I felt like wringing his blooming neck for him, Mr. Wilson repeated angrily. I expected something like that. You did not mention your errand, did you? Elaine asked anxiously. "'No, I thought I would consult you first. he replied. "'Very well. Let us pretend to drive away. "'Let's get out now and have the machine await us here,' Elaine instructed, after they were out of sight of the chateau. They walked by and entered the grounds, where they wandered impatiently until dusk. "'I pray that we are not too late. "'Come, Mr. Wilson, we must hasten now.' She led him into the side garden near the right side of the chateau. Walking to an innocent-looking sundial, she felt along the sides and pressed a button. When the square platform of grass upon which they stood slowly descended into the earth like an automatic elevator, 
they found themselves in a dark tunnel when elaine pressed another button and the grass plot returned to its position i wish i had brought my electric pocket light mr wilson said as he struck a match never mind a light hold my hand and follow elaine said as she led the way they reached a door and mr wilson struck a match as she felt for the secret button the door opened and they passed on until they reached another into which elaine fitted a key they found a pair of narrow stairways leading up to the first floor and another leading to the second as they neared the top they heard loud voices talking in the hall near them when they stopped and overheard the comte say in angry tones in french confound the little tigress she has ruined my face why didn't you trim those sharp claws marie see how she has scratched me up she has been to africa monsieur le comte they don't have tigers there what do they call those african cats leopards ah that's the name she is surely a wild one i am afraid of her well i must leave you with your beautiful wildcat but you are an excellent tamer nothing beats the jail cure loneliness and little quieting you will soon mold her into a little dove au revoir mon cher don't forget to send her back to me when you tire of your new toy madame mazza repeated as she departed as soon as she had gone down the front stairs the hidden couple hurried into the hall and were met by lecomte who was returning towards his victim's room they could hear lucretia beating against the door and screeching so that mr wilson started in the direction of the sounds while elaine held a loaded revolver before lecomte daring him to move mr wilson easily located the sounds and found the key in the outside of the door he soon entered and brought lucretia who had fainted in his arms as soon as she recognized him he passed the couple in the hall and carried his charge down the broad stairway he met no resistance from the servants as they were used to seeing strange things within the chateau and the footman did not recognize the late visitor that he had refused to admit in the earlier evening mr wilson dispatched a page for his automobile and carried lucretia in his arms to the machine elaine in the meantime awaited until she thought lucretia was out of the chateau then ordered her enraged but coward victim into the room where lucretia was recently confined she locked the door and kept the key as she calmly left the chateau by the front exit also without interference and entered the waiting automobile they drove away as she gave directions to the chauffeur they arrived at a modest brownstone residence on the rue d'anger when mr wilson again lifted lucretia who was now really ill and unable to walk and carried her into the house where she was met by zena elaine and zena soon put lucretia to bed and administered cold applications to her fevered brow while mr wilson summoned a doctor End of chapter twenty nine